From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. Uh, I'm looking forward to the jobs report on Friday, which mm-hmm. should be really good. Uh, you know, consensus economist expectations is around 600,000 uh, new jobs created for March, but um, that, that number could be a little low. We, we could end up doing better than that. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals Podcast. Ryan Dietrich here, Jeff Bookbinder on the line. Jeff, we're recording this Monday morning. It looks like the ship in the Suez Canal is finally free. I know you're up all night watching, um, you know, all of the, all the, what I guess, scientists and um, just other really smart people had to figure out how to get that thing out of there. Do you have any clue? How did it even get stuck? Did you follow in? Do you follow up that much? What happened? I don't know how it got stuck, but I'm glad I wasn't one of the people trying to push that thing. <laughs> that that weighed a lot. So glad it's free and uh, yeah, so, you know the uh, all the ships that wait in line looks like they're going to be able to get through and uh, global trade can resume. Yeah, I mean as much as almost 10 percent of global trade goes through there. So when you shut that down for I believe about six days, it really impacts things. I think I mentioned this on the podcast before about how hard it is to get goods sometimes. So our fridge here in the Dietrich household has not made ice since November. And it isn't because I haven't been trying. I've called multiple different places, try to get this fixed. There simply aren't the pieces for the ice machine. I might just have to go buy a new fridge if I want ice at this point. But I was like, well, maybe the parts to my ice machine are on that ship that's now free. So maybe they're finally going to get there. But that's a real world example of uh, just some things are just almost impossible to find. I mentioned last September when my son had his birthday, you couldn't find a bike in Charlotte. It was impossible. There were no bikes in Charlotte. So anyway, just kind of some interesting ways to look at it. Uh, Jeff, before we go further, though, how's the bracket looking uh, for you? I already know. I just want to hear you say it. <laughs> Not good. Not good. My, my strategy is to go away from the favorite. So right. I did not pick Gonzaga. I had Illinois. We know how that turned out. Not, not good at all. Although my brother has a, a bracket that's still alive and looking pretty good. So I'll, I'll root for him. Oh, that's now the, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the brother that disappeared after the Super Bowl, right? He just got in a sea of red and I guess red and yellow when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl and you didn't hear from him for two days. It's that brother, right? It's that brother. Normally he's responsive, but after that uh, Chiefs Super Bowl victory, we, we couldn't find him for a bit. Glad, <laughs> glad he uh, was eventually found uh, safe and sound. Safe and so with probably a story or two that he will just keep to himself. But I mean, hey, like I said, I'm a Bengals fan. So believe me, if the Bengals ever just so much as won a playoff game, let alone a Super Bowl, don't expect to see me at work that next Monday morning. I, I don't know. I'll just be off uh, celebrating as well. So, so Jeff, um, you know, this week in the Market Signals podcast, we're going to have a lot of fun. There's a lot of things to discuss, really. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about inflation. Because we've heard you loud and clear, our listeners, our advisors, their clients, um, you know, the inflation questions, the number one question. So we're really going to dig in there. We're also going to take a look at the month of April. Sure enough, historically, April is a really good month for stocks. We'll talk about if that can continue. Then we're going to finish things up, kind of take an economic look at, um, or I'm sorry, a look at the economy and kind of GDP as well. Now, wait a second. Do you hear that, Jeff? There's something. That is inflation week is here. Thank you, Neil, for adding that sound there. Um, you know, playful look at obviously we all know about Shark Week, right? We've heard about Shark Week for many, many years. Honestly, I'm I'm not a big fan of sharks. They've always kind of 
I'm not scared of many things, but sharks are right up there. So nonetheless, when I hear that so, the sound we just heard, I guess I start to get a little, little scared nonetheless, but still it's inflation week. And if you guys remember, we had a debt week. I guess it was in early February because, again, the top two questions we receive, inflation and debt, debt and inflation. Jeff presents. I present. We do a live Q&A. You can almost always guarantee the question of inflation and debt are going to come up. Now, we've already talked a lot about debt. So this week on the podcast and honestly in our weekly market commentary, by the time a lot of you hear this, you can go to LPL.com right on the front page there. You can scroll down and see the weekly market commentary that we just produced um, that takes a look at inflation. But Jeff, I'll kind of lay the groundwork. Why do people think there's going to be higher inflation? A couple different reasons record spending, record monetary policy, and record fiscal policy. When you combine all of those things, there's a lot of kindling there. And once you light it, the worry is as the economy continues to improve and continues to grow, we could see massive inflation. You know, I, I mean, you hear like Zimbabwe-like inflation. Now, now, the good news is we don't think that's going to be the case here. But Jeff, High level, LPR research has been in the camp, and we've talked about this, honestly, in the podcast the last couple months. We don't see runaway inflation. In fact, we see inflation staying relatively tame. You want to build on some of those concepts? Yeah, sure, Ryan. So, you know, we're going to get uh, a bump up in inflation. There's there's no doubt, you know, that's expected uh, because, um, you know, we had this deflationary shock last year when the economy shut down. Yeah. So the year-over-year year change in prices will probably, you know, get to around three percent, maybe even a little bit higher. But then the question is, will that be sustained? And and we don't think so. And essentially, you know, the structural forces that were pushing down on inflation for the last decade or two are are still in place, right? And we I think we've talked about these on uh, this podcast before, right? We have, um, you know, the Amazon effect. Mm-hmm. Right? People yep. know what stuff should cost. You can price comparison shop. Uh, that limits price increases. Um, we have globalization, cheap labor you know, all over the world. If it's too expensive in China, then you can go to Taiwan or Mexico or mm-hmm. Vietnam, wherever. There's a lot of places you can go. Um, you know, Technological development, that allows stuff to be made cheaper and get to its destination cheaper. Uh, when you have cheaper costs, you tend to have lower prices. So that certainly isn't going to change. Um, and then the um, you know companies have less labor cost as a percentage of the size of the economy. So labor is just not as big of a driver of inflation um, as it as it was uh, two three decades ago. So those are just you know high level some of the forces we see that will be pushing down on inflation after we get this initial surge here uh, over the next several months. Yeah, you mentioned the Amazon effect. Um, before we started recording, we had a doorbell ring. I'm at home right now, and my dog, Walter, 135-pound Great Pyrenees, lost his mind, so I had to run down there. <laughs> he hates the UPS man, by the way. Had to pull him up here, so he's sleeping right next to me. I don't know if you can hear him snoring or not, if my mic is that good, but he's snoring right next to me. So let's just hope during this podcast, the doorbell doesn't ring. We don't have some more Amazon packages come because you guys will just hear Walter. And you know what? We might just leave it live and you can hear my, my silly dog bark his head off. And he, he loves to do that. Um, so Jeff, you know, you think about what's on the screen right now. If you're watching along on the YouTube channel, thank you. We've, um, we've been hitting some really high level views on the YouTube channel. And if you like what we're doing, please give us a like, give us a follow, give us a positive review. It goes a long way. I know the last YouTube video we did had a lot of thumbs up and zero thumbs down. So if anyone gives it a 
thumb down. I know you did it just to be mean because you heard me say there were no thumbs down on the most recent video. So, you know, please continue to do that and support it. And the more people to do that, the algorithms, I don't know how it works, but the algorithms, they know there's a lot of thumbs up, more people get the chance to see it. So Jeff, on the YouTube channel, we are sharing a chart that shows uh, core goods CPI and core services CPI. Keep it real simple. Core services CPI has been going lower. Uh, why is that, you think? Well, that, that's essentially, um, you know, ground zero for the lockdowns, right? The exactly. services economy completely shut down. And um, that's where the reopening benefits will, will fall. So, um, you know, once we can get the services economy open, you know, the, the people that couldn't work from home, you know, restaurants is an easy, obvious example. Mm -hmm. um, but there are many others where, um, you know, face-to-face -face interactions required. Once we get the economy fully reopened in the next hopefully a couple of months, uh, you're going to see services prices rise, uh, certainly services jobs increase. We get the jobs report on Friday, which is a big one. Um, that will certainly, we hope, be joined by solid goods uh, data in terms of jobs and prices, right? When you see the goods economy, the manufacturing economy has done quite well uh, during the pandemic. So, you, you know, you bring up the, the weak part, uh, and you combine that with the part that's doing pretty well, and, and you've certainly got the makings of a booming economy, which will probably bring more inflation with it. No, exactly. So I guess, you know, the key word is what transitory, right? A word that maybe you learned a long time ago when you studied for the SAT. We've heard it a lot from our friends at the Fed uh, talking about, listen, we had negative CPI three months in a row this time a year ago. That's never happened in the history of the United States. But also we had a hundred year pandemic that also rarely happened in the United States. So it made sense. Now you got a much lower bar. So inflation is going to jump. The economy is coming back like Jeff, you just talked about. So, you know, we mentioned in our weekly commentary, maybe we could hit 3% GDP at some point this year. We don't think it's going to, wrong word, 3% CPI. We're going to talk about GDP in a little bit. I'm so excited. I'll guarantee we're going to hit 3% GDP. Yeah, I was going to say we year. better hit 3% GDP. We can't make guarantees, Jeff. No guarantees. Probably it might, you know, compliance is going to slap your hand for that. But yeah, we're, we're, we're likely to hit 3% GDP and we'll get there. Uh, but 3% CPI is what I meant to say. Sorry. Um, which is pretty high, all relative at the same time. That's like the average CPI going back 70 years. So we're just getting back to average. Uh, but still, we think of all those major factors, Jeff, that you just mentioned, Jeff, are still in play um, for sure, right? They've kept inflation low for, you know, after the financial crisis, well over a decade. Um, again, the Amazon effect being a big one, globalization. I mean, you know, let's say you have a um, website and you want someone to help make your website and you want someone to um, help you with marketing the website and you want someone to help you peer the content. I mean, you know, there are websites that you can find someone, you know, in India, for instance, and in different countries, Switzerland, wherever it is that, that are just outsourced sources to do that. And again, you can get the cheapest price you want. So those are some factors that simply are not going anywhere. Uh, Jeff, another big part of opening up the, so that's really, I guess that's our discussion on inflation. Please check out lpillresearch.com this week. We're going to have a couple different looks at inflation. I know we've talked about inflation, I think every week, the last several on this podcast, but it's an important, important concept. And then check out our weekly market commentary as well. Now, Jeff, a big part of the reopening is obviously the vaccines. Millions and millions of people are getting their vaccine. Um, I got mine last week, which I'll talk about in a second. I know you, yours is coming up this week. Am I correct? Yes, Wednesday. So uh, hopefully uh, I will feel good after my first shot. I know uh, you certainly did not. Yeah. Yeah. So I got mine on Thursday, Thursday afternoon ish. 
Um, literally started driving home. Uh, I had to drive about 45 minutes away because um, just how it goes. You know, a lot of the, the nearer places were full and I had to drive a little bit down to Lancaster, Lancaster, South Carolina. And actually, I stopped at a place called the, I'm going to give them a shout out, uh, the Cake Lady Cafe. Okay, this little little shop and it, it like the name suggests they make cupcakes all right now when i go in the middle of nowhere i like to do a little research and try to two birds one stone find somewhere to get some food and the cake lady cafe in lancaster south carolina was awesome they actually enjoy their job you can tell and i, I gave them a good google review and i think they deserve it but their food was amazing so if anybody ever is in lancaster south carolina go to the cake lady cafe but anyway so i got my shot and i started driving back and i literally said wow i thought i had a fever right away i think it was more just mental you know but that night the arm started hurting and i'll tell you jeff on Friday morning, my back really started hurting. My back hurt until Sunday. And I don't know if I twisted it or if it truly was a shot, just achy. I started getting chills on Saturday night. It wasn't bad. They kind of went away quickly. But um, all in all, I'm not looking forward to the second one because of uh, a, a secret here um, amongst friends. I'm a pretty big baby when it become, comes to pain and certain things like that. So I, my wife will tell you that face to face. So I think uh, the next shot, you know, in 28 to 42 days, I think is what they say. I'm not uh, not looking forward to that one because I've heard that can get a little rougher, but I guess it's a small, small price to pay. Uh, to kind of feel safe. So, yeah, I mean, so let's see. So we've got the, you know, I guess Friday, there's no work, right? So you can just kind of take e take it easy on Friday if you don't feel good, right? Yeah, that's right. We'll see what happens on Thursday. Yep. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, generally, um, I mean, of course, I've never taken this vaccine before, but generally I tolerate stuff like this mm -hmm. fairly well. Sounds like better than you do. So I'm, I'm yep. hoping that I'll just <laughs> sail right on through it. Um, I, I don't know which vaccine I'm getting. It seems like Pfizer's been tolerated a little bit better in general by the people I've talked to. So hopefully I'll get that one. Yeah, well, I, I, I was the Moderna, but um, nonetheless, I can move. If you watch on YouTube, move my left arm. That would have hurt to do that the other day. So nonetheless, we're moving forward. And Jeff, let's move forward with the uh, podcast. Next thing we want to talk about is a little bit of seasonality. Now, again, take this with a grain of salt. Never invest just blindly on seasonality. But I think I was getting ready for the podcast last evening on Sunday night, and I was shocked when I started looking at just how strong stocks have been in April. I know, okay, April's usually strong. November's usually strong, right? I mean, most people, I think, know that. Jeff, did you know the S&P 500 has been higher 14 of the last 15 years for the S&P 500 uh, in the month of April? Stocks are higher. And if you look um, again on the YouTube channel, we're showing it. But if you go back to 1950, the last 20 years, 10 years, and then post-election years, you pick it. April's pretty strong. I mean, do you have any theories as to why that might be? And do you think we can continue it in 2021? Well, it's part of the uh, sell and may go away adage, right? Yep. So this, you know, generally would be the the strong part. Um, you know, I don't think it. You wouldn't think it would be related to the tax cycle, um, right? You would think that money would be leaving accounts rather than coming into uh, accounts and going yep. into the market. So, um, I guess you know maybe there's a spring sort of weather effect here where people you know get out more uh, and do more. Uh, more spending in April. I believe the retailers do very well in April, not just the broad market. Um, so that that would be a, a theory. I don't know. What do you think? No, I think so. And maybe it is something to do with taxes. I think if I remember correctly, it's the second half of April that does okay, like after tax day. So, you know, maybe get a refund and, and um, you know, buy, buy some equities, I guess, maybe potentially. But you're right, not everyone gets a refund. But yeah, it's it, uh, bottom line is this. The last 10 years, it is the second strongest month. 
the last 20 years, April is the strongest month. And since 1950, April is the second strongest month. Again, November uh, tends to be a tad stronger, but the last 20 years, it's been higher. And 14 of the last 15, April's been higher. So maybe, Jeff, let's uh, take a little, little curve here. What do you think could upset the apple cart? Let's say, okay, if seasonality plays out, stocks are up, that's fine. But let's say something upsets the apple cart in April. What do you think that might be? I mean, now we've, uh, hopefully it's not a stuck ship in the Suez Canal. We've, 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 we've fixed that. We fixed that one apparently this morning. What do you think it could be? Yeah, well, I think the market's passing a, a test today with this hedge fund um, mm -hmm. unwind that's, that caused, you know, it was all the, over the news this morning. Yep. and cause some volatility in, in certain names uh, in the media space on Friday. Uh, you know, the first thing we do when we hear about a hedge fund potentially running into trouble and being forced to um, liquidate is look at the credit markets and to see if this is potentially going to be something uh, systemic. And, and the credit markets are well-behaved and the market's holding up generally okay today, at least as we're recording this. So it looks like we'll pass that test. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, the, the, the tax increases that are coming uh, with this Biden infrastructure plan that he'll propose on, on uh, Wednesday, that could be the next thing that, that makes investors a little bit nervous. Um, otherwise, I think it is this, it, it's interest rates, which of course tied to inflation, right? If the 10-year yield surges on this infrastructure package uh, and we potentially make a run at 2%, in a short period of time, I think that could potentially um, slow stocks down. So those are some of the things I would be be watching. No, those all those all make a lot of sense. I mean, at the same time, I think kind of we'll talk again about the GDP in a little bit. Just things are getting really good. People are aware things are really good. This time a year ago, things were not very good, yet it was one of the best buying opportunities in anyone's lifetime. So that just from that contrarian point of view, what's priced in, what's not priced in, there's a lot of good news that's priced in. Uh, believe me, we're still bullish, but I mean, if you talk about near term, a potential um, worry could be a lot of good stuff is priced in. By the way, Jeff, uh, we're recording this, um, what day are, what day, what is today? What is today? Um, let's see, today's the 29th. Okay, so today's the 29th, so tomorrow's the 30th. One year ago tomorrow, LPL Research upgraded our view on equities from market weight to overweight. Uh, we announced it on this very podcast the day that we did it in our weekly commentary with our advisors uh, on our morning calls. We announced it in various models that we run for our advisors and for their clients. We added more equity risk. Now, let me tell you, a lot of our peers and competitors did not do this upgrade until after the election. We know because we follow this. When we did it, we were about the only place that did it. It was probably the most uncomfortable decision that I think a lot of us have ever had to make in our career because a year ago, things did not feel very good, but we saw a lot of potential light at the end of the tunnel, knowing that markets forecast potentially better times ahead. So the economy might be bad, but stocks can go higher. It all added up to a, um, a really good, I think this well, really good decision that LPL research made. Jeff, a year ago, do you remember kind of, I know you remember we did it. Do you remember what you were thinking? Uh, I thought we were crazy to be, to be blunt. Now I'm on the record saying that, but, it, but <laughs> nonetheless, it, you know, there were a lot of reasons to think things could be okay, but we were very lonely when we made that call. Were we not? Yeah, we were. I remember just telling the story over and over again that, that the pandemic would eventually end. Yes. Right. Uh, and, and by the way, that, that coincided with the, the first wave of massive stimulus mm -hmm. from the federal government, right? That, that was pretty much the bottom uh, in, in late March there. So the combination of knowing 
I mean, we didn't have hundred percent foresight, but knowing this thing was going to end eventually. And then knowing that the, the stimulus, um, you know, used to, to mitigate the downside was going to be very, very bold and was going to arrive very quickly. Unlike 2008, nine, where we had to wait quite a while for it. And it wasn't nearly as bold. It was like, you know, one fifth is bold, right. if even that, uh, yeah. you know, we don't, we're obviously not done with stimulus yet. So um, I, I remember uh, telling that story over and over again. And, and, and even though that was our view at the time, the rebound in the economy and the markets far exceeded our expectations from that point forward. Oh, no, no question, right? I mean, we've upped our S&P 500 target, various other places up in their GDP target. We probably will have to we'll probably upgrade our GDP target soon enough here as things continue to improve. So there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, a year ago when we did this upgrade, we thought stocks outperformed bonds and we thought the likelihood of a pretty significant bounce was there. I, I remember specifically saying, hey, in 87, stocks pulled back 34%. It took 20 months to make that up. When we upgraded things, I thought maybe we could get it there a little faster because we were faster on the downsides, maybe about a year, 15 months to get back to new highs. Jeff, if you remember, it took us only five months for the S&P to uh, make new highs after the fastest 30% correction in history, a 34% correction all said and done. So been an interesting year, no doubt about it. We're also aware that you're only as good as what you're going to do next. So that's why you continue to listen to this podcast. But I think we're all really proud of uh, how LPL Research kind of handled things in a really, really rough situation a year ago. And, um, you know, and we still see, you know, better continue good times ahead, I guess, is the best way to put it. Uh, so, Jeff, let's talk a little bit about that. Then we're going to talk about the economy a little bit now. Um, you know, it, things continue to open up. Yet we've seen some slight disappointment as it pertains to some recent housing data and some recent durable goods data. Um, what, what's your take? Is this just a short-term blip, weather-related? What do you think on the economic front? Yeah, it's definitely weather-related with you know what hit Texas the hardest, mm -hmm. certainly a big state in terms of um, its economic uh, impact on the country. It was broader than Texas, but that certainly was the biggest um, unfortunate victim of the polar vortex or whatever you want to call it. Um, we're also kind of in between stimulus packages. So we had this big influx of funds in January and then kind of came off of that in February. Of course, we're going to get another stimulus influx in, in, in the March data uh, from the um, recently passed uh, $1.9 trillion package. So we're going to get, um, you know, we think really strong economic data in March and April. Uh, and that's, of course, going to coincide with the reopening of the economy. And maybe by May, uh, we'll be fully reopened. And, you know, these charts, like what you're looking at uh, right now here on YouTube with the restaurant diners, all of these charts could go right back to where they were pre-pandemic. Yeah, we're showing again, it's open table um, data that shows more people are going to eat out, right? More people are making reservations. Not a shock. If you go to any restaurants, you tend to see more and more people. California, New York, different areas are clearly opening up. And that's just another way of showing, you know, millions, you know, two, three million people a day getting their vaccine. Like we just said, um, more people are feeling comfortable to go uh, go out to eat. Also, the next slide we're showing is Showtime, U.S. theater revenue. It is up, um, well, what is that? 424,966% year over year. Now, let's be honest. We're playing with some numbers there because nobody went to see movies uh, this time a year ago. So, uh, of course, the number is higher, uh, but still more people are starting to go see movies. I saw that the movie Nobody with the guy from um, Better Call Saul. I love that show. Better Call Saul is a huge Breaking Bad fan. Do you ever see Breaking Bad, by the way, Jeff? Do you ever watch that one? 
I was not into that one. Okay. No, well, it's it pretty good. I mean, it, it was it was pretty good, and it actually had a fulfilling ending. Like so many of these series, you watch them and you love them, and then the ending's just terrible. Like Dexter, I love Dexter. I mean, let's, you know, but I thought it was a good, <laughs> terrible show. What he's doing, but nonetheless, I, I love the show Dexter, and the way it ended was so aggravating. But better, but uh, anyway, um, you know, enough about that. So there was there was a good ending. Um, but but the show Nobody uh, just came out and made like six or seven million bucks last week. So clearly somebody is going to see some movies um, when you see some numbers like that. So those are some, some positive steps there. And we're seeing more um, showtime uh, in terms of people going to theaters. Um, so, so with that, Jeff, I guess we're, we're kind of near the end of what we wanted to talk about. The final thing we wanted to build on here for a couple of minutes though, is the idea of GDP. Let's say we have 8% GDP, which our friends at Goldman just announced that's their target. Ours is around 5% or so. Um, but historically, Jeff, good GDP prints aren't always good for stocks and vice versa. Last year, for instance, GDP was down three and a half percent here in the U.S. Yet stocks gained 16 percent. The best year ever for stocks was was in 1954. Stocks gained 45 percent. GDP was actually down that year. All right. So, um, you know, you want to build a little bit on that. I think we've honestly kind of talked about it when I talked about our upgrade. But why do you think it is that a really good GDP print doesn't always equal really good stock returns? Yeah, we, we talked a lot about the relationship between GDP and the stock market last summer, right? When you know the economy was, was locked down and we were in a deep recession and yet the stock market was surging. The connection between stocks and the economy uh, you know, can sometimes be confusing. Well, here we're seeing the opposite, mm-hmm. right? Now we're seeing, um, or at least in this chart, um, booming GDP, booming economies, sometimes associated with uh, weaker stock performance. And that... Mm-hmm. It really makes sense when you think about how the stock market looks forward, right? Once all the good news is priced in, it takes it takes more good news to push stocks even higher. And that additional good news on top of great news is sometimes uh, hard hard to find. No, exactly. Again, if you're looking along the YouTube channel, or you can go to lplresearch.com. We did this blog on Friday, but some of the just barely negative, say from you know less than zero to about negative one percent, those are some. <laughs> That seems to be the sweet spot, honestly, for um, some consistently high, uh, some pretty high returns there. Um, so non- nonetheless, Jeff, we, we are at the end of the road in today's podcast. Obviously, a lot of good conversation there, um, inflation being the number one conversation piece. But, you know, in a couple of minutes, what's on your radar this week? What should investors be looking for, along with the idea that, hey, we all get a three-day weekend coming up? That's, that's not so bad. Yeah, other than the day off, uh, I'm looking forward to the jobs report on Friday, which mm-hmm. should be really good. Uh, you know, consensus economist expectations is around 600,000 uh, new jobs created for March, but um, that, that number could be a little low. We, we end, could end up doing better than that. Uh, so that's a big one. Uh, and then, um, you know, Biden uh, is going to announce his um, infrastructure proposal on Wednesday, which will bring tax increases along with it. So it'll be interesting to see what the market uh, reaction is to, uh, to that news. We don't know if $3 trillion is going to pass. But certainly, um, uh, it's, it's likely that a big chunk of what is proposed will get through because um, the Democrats may not need Republican votes. Oh, absolutely. So a lot there. Um, obviously, everyone, we wish you a, a happy Easter holiday and a nice, uh, nice Friday off. And, and with all of that, Jeff, I do have some bad news. I'm not on the podcast next week. I don't know if you remember that or not, but I, I'm, I'm, we're going down to Disney World. The Dietrich family is loading up the car and driving down. Uh, so we'll, my kids are on spring break next week. So I'll be 
I'll be around in spirit, you know, kind of like Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'll, I'll be overlooking this podcast one way or another. But nonetheless, I know Barry Gilbert's going to jump on. I believe Barry's supposed to jump on. We'll confirm all of that very soon because I don't think – I was like, oh, my goodness, that's next week. Um, anyway, yeah, we'll confirm all that. But, but I know you and Barry do a great job. I think you guys did an amazing job last time I wasn't in. I think you actually – I think we had, like, more listens than, than the previous couple weeks combined. So people people like you and Barry you do a great job. So with all of that, everybody, uh, have a great week. Thanks, Jeff, for an awesome conversation as always and i'll see everyone in two weeks and jeff and barry will see you guys next week take care everybody bye-bye this material was provided by lpl financial is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual there is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes investing involves risks including possible loss of principle any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change references to markets asset classes and sectors are generally regarding the corresponding market index all index are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker-dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC. Insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliate. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, please note LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency. Not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations, and may lose value. 